Well, hey there, campers, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Camp Cryptid. It's your host, Erica Fett, and I am back with a brand new episode uh, all about Campfire Tales submitted by our own listeners, and I'm very excited to get into this. Um, Last week, I brought you an episode all about the city of Salem, uh, my little trip there, and all of the legends of the pirates and ghosts along the way, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Now, what I enjoyed more was getting uh, feedback from listeners who visited Salem, took the fair after last episode and you know hearing that just makes my day because it just means that I gave good advice so <laughs> win-win um, but today's episode is a very special one uh, I love campfire tales and I love these episodes and if you aren't familiar with campfire tales uh, this is where I take submitted stories from listeners uh, anything from creepy experiences cryptids or anything paranormal, spooky, or anywhere that you visited where you just got weird vibes. And I think that's a really cool thing to do, Uh, especially because it's like one of those things where I feel like everybody has like a creepy experience. So it's one of those things that we can all kind of come together on and enjoy this crazy, creepy, mysterious, uh, and ghost-filled world. So... Um, I'm really excited for today's episode. So I really enjoy these episodes, not only because I get to interact with our community, but also because I have a ton of experiences that I've talked about in previous episodes, but I always feel like there's always a creepy ghost story that happens, or, you know, I've had tons of experiences where I used to live out in this old creepy house out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. And it was like, you would go like two miles and three miles and not see a house. And it was in the middle of a cornfield, of course. It was like children of the corn vibes, totally. Uh, But it was this crazy house that was kind of like on like this plot of land that had a giant pond that was like the size of a foot, like a football field. And it was... um, when, you know, the lights were out at night, it was so dark and it was always so like creepy and eerie in that house. And, uh, it was to the point where like, I would see things, uh, if I would turn the TV, I would see things in the reflection when the TV went black and I would always feel just like someone watching me in that house. And so hearing stories that people submit where they're like, okay, these creepy things happen, it makes me feel like, okay, maybe, (laughs) maybe I wasn't imagining things. Um, but I'm really excited. I have some great stories and I want to thank everyone so much for submitting your stories uh, through our website because uh, I've had so many to read and I joked around last episode about having like 15 and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to cut it at at least five so I can do another Campfire Tales. But um, so I guess I'll get started with our first story. And this first story comes from Gavin. And Gavin says, so my first story happened when I was living at my grandma's house. She was getting ready to go to sleep because she had to work in the morning and I was messing around on Facebook. She has a really small house with really thin walls. About 20 minutes after my grandma laid down to sleep, I heard what I thought was a giggle. It sounded like a little girl giggling and it sounded like it came down from the hallway. So I said, hey, grandma, did you hear that? I didn't want to say what I thought I heard just in case it was something else. She said, the giggle? Yeah, I heard it. There was no logical explanation since a little girl couldn't have been outside at midnight. And when we compared notes, it sounded like it came from between us in the middle of our house. My grandma's house is pretty haunted, though. So this second story from Gavin also happens at his grandmother's house. Gavin goes on to say that he was just trying to lay down to sleep and trying to turn off my brain when I heard what sounded like some kind of shuffling or movement coming from in front of me. 
I've heard things before at my grandma's house, so I just tried to ignore it and went to roll over, fearing it was probably just my grandma. As I went to roll over, I felt like something grabbed my ankle. I kicked gently, thinking it was my grandma messing with me, but my foot didn't connect with anything. So I flicked on the light quickly, and there was nothing there. So this last story from Gavin is once again at his grandmother's house. He goes on to say, My grandma knows her house is haunted, and she decided to buy some ghost-detecting equipment, such as the EMF reader. I went over to her house to pick something up for her. I saw the EMF machine sitting on her table, and I figured, why the hell not? I started walking around inside of her house with it and got very little in the way of spikes. That was until I got into her room. I started waving it around trying to find the source of the spikes, and as I got closer to her computer, I figured it was just the electricals. I moved a waist-height stuffed animal that was an owl that I had gotten her for her birthday out of the way so I could find exactly where the electrical spikes were, and they were immediately dying down to a one or a two again, even when I got close to the outlets. Confused, I turned around and looked at the owl. It gave me a creepy feeling, so I was like, wouldn't it be weird if it was the owl? So I held up the EMF reader to the owl, and it immediately spiked to a five. I can't tell you how fast I got out of that house. <laughs> I don't blame you, Gavin. So uh, there's a few things that I, when I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so, so crazy. Um, well, the only logical explanation is that a little kid was obviously playing a joke on you guys right now. <laughs> well, you know, and the weird thing is, is I, I obviously it wasn't a little kid playing a joke. So I, you know, my question is, is would it be uh, crazy to find out the history of the house and when the house was built or, you know, who the previous owners were, if they had children uh, or if there was anything that happened like near the property or on the property uh, that would be notable that would cause something like that to happen. Uh, obviously your grandmother's house is totally a hot spot for ghosts, which is really cool, but also kind of creepy at the same time, considering that the ghost tried to grab your legs. Um, a lot of people who write in talk about stories of, you know, feeling like something touched it or, you know, feeling like it manifested enough to feel its physical presence. So obviously you have something that's strong enough in the house that is manifesting that. So it would be very interesting to like find the history of the house and see what kind of events that had an emotional event in the house that could be having that ling like lingering energy there. Um, also the second story where it grabbed your feet kind of reminded me of the movie Grandma's Boy, where if you haven't seen that movie, she plays a joke on her grandson because one of her roommates, who was an elderly lady, had passed in that bedroom that he's staying in. And that night she plays a joke on him, uh, by hiding under his bed and making noises. So I just thought that was kind of funny because it just immediately made that pop into my mind immediately. So, um... Yeah, that's pretty creepy, Gavin. But like I said, I'd love to hear some information, like some some extra information on the house. And, you know, if, if she's had people come in, uh, you know, do you feel like it's a negative energy or do you feel like more like it's just something there you just can't see it? Because I think that that's one of the things is that always adds to the suspense is just that you can't see it. And so in your mind, you're racing and your mind's like drawing all these like hypotheticals of what it could look like or what it could be. Um, so hopefully it is, um, you know, it's a friendly presence that you're feeling in this house. So thank you, Gavin, so much for submitting those stories. I can't wait to hear back from you and get some extra info on this creepy grandmother's house that you have. And hopefully, hopefully, it's like not like doesn't play the part of actually looking like a haunted house too so um i'd love to i'd love to find out that extra information so thank you gavin um my next story comes from kyle w and kyle w says i have a story about a friend of mine who was living with his parents at the time at their house and their house was built on an old field hospital site for the war of 1812 and during his time there we encountered many different and strange phenomena like seeing things out of the corner of our eye hearing things etc 
Well, one night in particular was ultra creepy as we witnessed a deadbolted door open up. A figure walked in the house, slammed the door shut, and disappeared into the kitchen area. The door was still deadbolted, and then later on that night, we witnessed a crawlspace door open and slam shut. So that, in a nutshell, was our crazy night. Would love to talk more about it. And I would love to talk more about that, too, because, you know, the War of 1812, obviously, any war is going to have, like, a lot of um, emotional ties to it and a lot of emotional energy. Uh, so it definitely sounds like that is definitely a hot spot. And I guess my question is also like Gavin's question. Did you feel like it was a negative energy or a positive energy? Because I feel like that's, you know, one of the things that you can, um, really feel in those encounters. You know, they're very exciting. You're, you know, your, your blood's pumping, you're feeling all the extra, you know, hairs on the back of your neck standing up, um, so I'd be wondering if that was like, if you were feeling like it was a negative energy or a positive energy. And also, that would be so crazy to see a door open and close. And I, you know, I always joke around about wanting to see like Bigfoot, but in reality, like how terrifying would it be unless it was like hearing the Henderson's Bigfoot? But like in these situations, how terrifying is it? Because you just don't know. Uh, and so like in a situation like that, you know, where you see these doors open and close, you know, that, uh, that alone would probably have me running out the house. Like I try to act like I'm super confident and super um, like a-okay with creepy stuff, but I'll be the first to tell you, I get spooked very easily. So I would definitely have gotten very, very uh, scared with that, Kyle. So I guess my other question, Kyle, uh, has he experienced anything else in the house or has his parents experienced anything creepy in that house? Because it sounds really like that area probably is a really big hotspot, especially with it being attached to the War of 1812. Uh, it's definitely probably a very big hotspot for paranormal activity. So I, I, I love, I love these stories of like creepy things manifesting and like actually physically making things do things. So, um, super creepy, but also I'm sorry it happened. <laughs> So with that, we'll go on to our next story submitted by Francisco. And Francisco says, One night I had sleep paralysis and felt something looking at me at a distance in my room. I saw something move and immediately closed my eyes and heard a loud shriek in my ears. I woke up to see a tall shadowy figure looking into my brother's room. I tried moving, but I could not get up or get any sound out. The figure turned to look at me and went under my little brother's bed, and I could see two bright red eyes looking at me. I woke up in a cold sweat and fell back to sleep, thinking it was just a really bad nightmare. I woke up the following morning and heard my brother saying who was messing with him because he woke up with his blanket thrown all over the wall and his legs were halfway off the bed. Now that is another one. Man, I have a lot of people who are having a lot of like crazy experiences with all these ghosts, like pulling them and moving them and all these things. So that right there alone is giving me such the heebie-jeebies because, you know, you've, you've got this like figure manifesting. You know, you've got this, you, you, obviously it can move things because it's moved your brother. You could, you could tell it was there. Um, and you know, that just to me sounds like an absolute nightmare. Uh, you know, and, and it's really crazy because a lot of times, uh, people have these experiences where they have the, like almost a sleep paralysis feelings where you can't move. You're having this experience. You're trying to rationalize what's going on in your mind because you probably can't see it. And if you can see it, like you said, it's like a dark figure. So you're like, Oh, great, you know? And then you've got this feeling of feeling helpless on top of that where you can't move, you can't say anything, you just feel like you're almost in a dream. Uh, and I think that's the crazy thing is where you can't distinguish if it is a dream or if you're actually in reality. And I think that's what's really scary about some of these stories. 
Um, and it's, of course, they always happen at night too, right? Like, why can't ghosts be friendly and just be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna open this stuff during the day. So you're like, oh, that's just a ghost going to do his daily duties or whatever ghosts do these days. <laughs> um, but of course, it's always gotta be at night, right? Because why? I mean, maybe it's also because your your senses are a little bit heightened because you know you you can't see as well. So maybe your 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 hearing and all of those other senses are just heightened. So I think that would be a really interesting thing to see. I mean, does anybody have any stories about things that happen during the day? <laughs> so if any listeners are listening right now and you have stories of anything creepy that happened during the day, please send them because maybe I'll do like a day ghost episode where it's just all about these day ghosts just hanging out, you know, doing things during the day, like, you know, but yeah, that's crazy, Francisco. Um, I would be interested to see if like you had any other experiences in that house because it does kind of sound like maybe there was something there. Uh, so if that was the only experience that you had, I would be very, very interested to know um, because it sounds like maybe your brother has some stories too. So <laughs> I know everybody. So I, Gavin, Kyle, Francisco, I need you all to get back to me and tell me if you've had any other experiences or, you know, if this is something that uh, was like an isolated experience or if anybody else in your families had other experiences that could add on to those because it would be very interested to see if like, other people in the family are like, oh no, that definitely happened. When I lived in my, like when I was saying at the beginning of the episode, when I lived at the house in the the country, it was like one of those things where every person in my family, even people who came to visit our house felt weird about the house when they came in it because it was like this old country house and it kind of was like a maze on the inside. But at night, if you turned off the lights, it would be so pitch black that you couldn't see like a foot in front of you. Like uh, I had friends over, this was after high school, I had friends over and we played hide and go seek inside the house and people were literally standing in the middle of rooms not getting caught. <laughs> Because it was so dark. Uh, but this is also the house where we've had friends not want to stay there because they saw blinds move. Uh, my little sister uh, saw, basically, when I said there was this pond, she saw someone jump in the pond and not come up one time. Uh, there's some really creepy things that have happened in that house. Uh, I, had, uh, I had friends who basically said that I called them uh, from the house, and I had not called anybody from the house that day. So it's it's a it's definitely a weird creepy house and I feel like a lot of the the stories that we're we're talking about today kind of have to do with like the central area of a house. Um, so I would be very interested to see what happened at, you know, especially at Gavin's grandmother's house, because there's something obviously going on there, especially because she embraced it and, and bought the ghost detecting equipment, which I loved. I almost wonder too, if, uh, she's had someone come in and like bless the house, if it feels like a negative experience or a negative entity. So that's another question I have <laughs> just added to my list of questions for follow-up, um. But yeah, so this next story, I'm going to shift to uh, stories that we've been talking about from the spooky and the unseen and ghosts and stuff. And we're going to talk about uh, an experience with a cryptid because this is Camp Cryptid and I love me some cryptid. So this next story is from Armando and he says, okay, so this is my story, but it's one of my family members. So this was in the late 90s, early 2000s. My cousin ran away from his home because he didn't want a life in that town. He was 17, mind you. When he came of age, he enlisted in the Army. He served many years and finally settled down in Wisconsin. Not too sure where, actually. But he was able to finally buy a house. He did just that, and his house is so huge, and his backyard is literally in the woods. Well, after everything was done and the house was built, he took a small vacation into the woods. He took food for a week and nothing else. No cell phones or cameras, just the essentials. Well, on the third day, he said he felt like he was being watched. So his survival mode kicked in, and he climbed a tree. 
He told me what he saw that night will haunt him for the rest of his life. He came close to the dog man. Mind you, this man doesn't scare easily, but he thought he was going to die that night. He tells me he made adjustments to his house so that whenever he came close to, won't get in his house. I do believe him. He isn't the type to lie or make stuff up. I love to give me your ideas as to what it could have been. Well, I am totally, totally believing his story about the dog man because uh, for those of you listeners who aren't familiar with what the dog man is, is essentially a werewolf. Uh, the dog man is just kind of like a local name for like, a, they call them werewolves in the South. It's called the Rougarou. Um, but basically it's a type of wolf. And believe it or not, these these sightings have been all over the world and all over the United States, actually. Um, in fact, there was a, uh, a sighting of a dogman-type creature not far from where I'm from in Defiance, Ohio. Um, and in the 70s in Defiance, Ohio, there were a handful of railroad workers who basically were attacked by what they said was a werewolf-like creature. And multiple people saw it, and all over Defiance, there were people who called in who said that, you know, they had uh, things attacked, there was vandalism, uh, and things going on that were associated with these dogman sightings in the 70s. So um, I honestly, like, when it comes to being in the woods, I, I live kind of close to the woods too, and I can tell you, even though I'm like close to civilization, it's still one of those things where even though I'm pretty comfortable being outside, it still gets very eerie at night, even where I am. Now, I can only imagine adding in being so isolated from other people and not having people around what types of creatures could be lurking. Um, I'm a big fan of like horror and sci-fi. So of course me, I'm the type of person who's, you know, there's things like living in the ground coming up, like full on descent mode movie type thing. Um, but also I am, I'm the type of person who I always say err on the side of caution when it comes to going out in the woods. There's a lot of things out there that I think that are, uh, scary when it comes to monsters, but also when it comes to humans. You never know who could be lurking out there if someone's living off the grid, um, if someone is like hills have eyes type thing, um, illegal grow operations. So you just never know. Or Bigfoot, you know, you just never know what you're going to come into contact with. So, you know, these stories about people come into contact with crazy, scary uh, monsters like a dog man or a Bigfoot, I don't, I don't doubt it at all because like there are crazier things that could happen in this universe. And, you know, I, I think that someone saying that they came into contact with a Bigfoot or a dog man, I, I would not be like, no, that didn't happen because I absolutely believe it could happen. Um, that is so crazy because, you know, in those situations, uh, you know, you think that you'd be tough and you think you'd be, you know, prepared to see something. But like even like a Bigfoot, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's so we know so little about what it could actually be or what its temperament could be. You know, in our minds, we would hope that it's like Harry and the Hendersons, right, where he's like this super nice Bigfoot. He's like chill, wants to play like family games with you. But then you, the reality sets in that this could be like some kind of ravenous, like um, cannibal-like creature that just wants to eat your face off. Like, ugh. And, you know, you just don't know. You're like, I hope I put out good vibes when I'm out in the, the wilderness, you know, just... <laughs> I'm going to start wearing, like, I don't even know, like, bringing, like, peace offerings for everything out in the wilderness. But, yeah, when it comes to the Dogman uh, werewolf stories, um, I definitely think I need to do another episode on it because stories like Armando's with what happened to his his cousin is 
is terrifying. Um, and, you know, I've been in West Virginia recently, like where, it, I mean, it's crazy because there's barely any Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you know, it, you know, you don't realize um, how off the grid some things can be, even in the United States, because the United States is massive. You know, it is, it is so massive. And there are so many different types of terrain out there in the United States, whether it be, you know, the, the, the desert, you know, we've got mountains and we've got extensive forest systems and, you know, there's a lot of cave systems. And I know that there's like a lot of, um, a lot of uh, studies out there that show like missing people versus cave systems in the United States and you overlap them and they basically, it's, it's exactly what you would think. Like people go missing around those areas. And maybe I just watch way too many movies about like uh, people living out off the grid or, um, you know, hill people or Bigfoot. I, I think maybe uh, my mind just runs away with me on on that. But it's totally cool because I, I love I love it being a mysterious world and universe because that's what makes it fun. But um, yeah, so I am totally I'm totally on board that he definitely probably saw something that was uh, a dog man. And I would be very interested to see too around the area of Wisconsin too. I'm, I'm sure that there's um, I don't know if the the Bray Road is in Wisconsin. I want to say it is, but I could be completely off. But there are a lot of stories kind of in the Midwest with um, dogmen. So. I'll definitely have to do an episode on dogmen. So thank you, Armando, for sending in that story. And if you're listening and you have been out in the wilderness and you've seen something creepy, like if you feel like you've seen a werewolf or if you feel like you've seen a Bigfoot or anything creepy, feel free to submit your own story. Uh, I would love to, to dive more into cryptids and cryptid stories. I always get a lot of ghost stories and I love it because I'm totally a fan of ghost stories, but it's always nice to mix in those cryptid ones too because it's like, this is a really crazy, awesome world. And um, what, what, what in the world is this creepy world doing to us, y'all? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I love those stories. So I want to say thank you again to Kyle, Francisco, Armando, and Gavin, because these stories were awesome today. And I honestly, if, if you didn't hear your story today, don't you worry your little head because I have so many more Campfire Tales episodes that I'm going to be doing. I love these episodes where I get to read stories because then it's like, it, it kind of like combines us all into this awesome, creepy world that we're all living in. And then, you know, maybe one day one of you will be inspired to go and like discover these these um species of cryptids <laughs> but yeah so like i said if you have your own creepy story where if you had a creepy experience you have a ufo sighting or anything creepy that you'd like to share for another episode of campfire tales you can go to campcryptedpod.com there's a little contact section on there where you can go on and write uh, your little story and then uh i'll shout you out on the episode <laughs> And then also, too, uh, I'll make sure that I post my story from the Defiance Werewolf in the Reddit. Uh, so that way you guys can check it out and be like, oh, wow, there are some werewolf stories out there. So I can't wait, though. And also, I have some really exciting news. So the next episode will be the New York Comic Con special. And I am so excited to be at New York Comic Con this year. It is very exciting to have a little Camp Cryptid booth. I will be located in Cosplay Central of New York Comic Con, which is if you are going to the main floor, uh, where all the show floor stuff is, uh, right before you go in those doors, if you go up to that top floor, the River Pavilion, 
that's where I'll be in my little Camp Cryptid booth. And I'm going to have a very special guest next episode too, uh, which will be Neptune. So if you aren't familiar with Neptune, she's an amazing alternative model. She does cosplay. She does uh, DJing. She does a little bit of everything because she's amazing. But she will be my guest. And the next episode for New York Comic Con will be uh, the New York Comic Con horror anime special. So I'm super excited to talk some horror anime because you all know I am obsessed with Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> absolutely obsessed with Vampire Hunter D. Uh, so I'm really excited to dive into all of these good recommendations that she has. And also excited to do New York Comic Con and um, hang out with everyone and get to experience New York and hopefully get some really good food and get some really cool stuff. Uh, I know MetaZoo is going to be there, so I can't wait to grab some uh, cryptic cards from them. <laughs> but yeah. But also, uh, other than that, if you go to campcryptedpod.com, you'll be able to find all the socials to follow Camp Cryptid on everything with Instagram, uh, Reddit, Twitter, all these other things. Twi oh, I do TikToks now? I'm not very good at it, but we're getting there. <laughs> but also, um, I'm trying to do also supplemental videos of my behind the scenes of recording. Um, I'm kind of getting used to having the camera on me uh, while recording, but uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have like the behind the scenes so you can see the setup and uh, my little camp cryptid area and uh, kind of see how it goes down. I'm just sitting here in my basement hanging out, my cool little camp cryptid corner and uh, bringing you guys some cool stories about spooky stuff and werewolves and all the good creepy stuff before Halloween, which I absolutely love. In the meantime, go to campcryptedpod.com uh, and you can find our YouTube there and then you can check out the YouTube videos if you want to check them out. Have an amazing rest of your week, campers, and thanks again for listening to another episode. I can't wait until next time. Bye.